0: So this week, Nintendo used a post on Twitter to announce a brand new Nintendo Switch. Despite gaining a new OLED display, the new Switch isn't what Nintendo fans were exactly hoping for. I'm Jason Cipriani with co-host Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to talk about the new Nintendo Switch OLED, debate whether it's enough of an upgrade, and take a look at the overall portable gaming market. Perlo, I don't know about you, but when I saw the tweet from Nintendo yesterday, uh, it was on a Tuesday morning, about the new Switch, I got really excited and hopeful. There had been a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation going on about what Nintendo would include in a new Switch, and then I started to go through the spec sheet, and that feeling quickly faded away. So what were your initial thoughts?
1: You know, I I had the same curiosity as well because I've been considering getting a handheld gaming unit for some time now. And I was hoping that there would be some considerable technology improvements with this update. Um, the screen technology certainly matches what we have in most mid-level smartphones now, which is improvement, you know, over what they had. But once you start to dig into it, there wasn't a ton of stuff that they added to it. I mean, there's the OLED display, great, you know, better blacks, better, you know, color dynamic representation, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they doubled the storage on it from 32 to 64. They did, and they uh, the dock. I think they added an Ethernet of wired Ethernet cable capability. Yeah, you
0: had to pay for that before. It was a little dongle you had to buy, which was an extra fifty bucks or something.
1: But no major semiconductor improvements on the processor or anything like that. Um, I think they said there was some improved, you know, audio output capability. But you know, again, uh, it doesn't look like this was a huge spec bump over what they had before.
0: No, it's not at all. And actually, when I was doing research for our podcast today, I realized I had forgotten all about the refresh that Nintendo released of the Switch a couple of years ago, mm. which did include a new processor. A processor. <laughs> um, and it, But more importantly, it extended and almost doubled the battery life. I think it's four and a half to nine hours of expected battery life. Right. I have the original Nintendo Switch. was like three and a half to seven hours of battery life or something like that. Um, and up until recently, I'd say over the last year... It was one of my favorite gadgets released probably in the last five years. You know, AirPods and Nintendo Switch were always, if anyone asked me what my favorite tech was at the time, it was those two things. But um, the reason I haven't played it a whole bunch over the last year was it's starting to feel very old and sluggish. And maybe part of that's because I have the original one and not the the middle one now. Um, But a huge reason for that is 720p just doesn't look great on an lcd when you're playing at 30 frames per second um maybe it'll look better on an oled display but still you're you're using the same basic processor so you're capped at 30 maybe 60 frames per second depending yeah. on which game it is um what i was really hoping for was a handheld Uh, bigger display, which they do have in this OLED model. It's a 7-inch display instead of a, I think it was 6.2. And basically what they did is took the the thick bezels away. They didn't really increase the overall size of the Switch itself. But I really wanted a handheld that could handle 1080p at 60 frames Mm -hmm. per second and maybe 4K 60 frames per second when it was docked. I I mean, I think that's pretty much what all Switch fans really wanted. The the rumor was they were going to release a Nintendo Switch Pro. Um, But... Battery life considerations. I'm sure the chip shortage that every company is facing um, play into using the same exact processor and RAM that they used in the previous yeah. model, or what's currently available. I guess in it's still available in the regular Nintendo Switch, not the Nintendo Switch OLED, because now they have three three units in their lineup. There's the Nintendo Switch Lite, there's a Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch OLED. And Nintendo Switch and the OLED use the same internal components. You know, So your performance is going to be the same as the display, like you said, a little bit more storage and uh, better sound quality and the new a new hinge that looks useful. Um, but I'm not sure why Nintendo didn't go all out here. I mean, and really do the Nintendo Switch Pro that they were rumored to release. I guess that uh, maybe there's not enough competition here for them to really push it. They could just kind of get by with incremental updates. I mean, basically they have Apple and, well, Apple.
1: Yeah. You know, this is something that troubles me a bit. Um, You know, there used to be a lot more competition in this space. Uh, There was, of course, the Sony PSP, uh, which ended production in 2016, had a 10-year run. Sold over 80 million units during that that 10 year run, so it was a very successful handheld platform. Um, the PlayStation Vita uh, succeeded it, but it did not do as well uh, comparatively as the PSP, um, even though it had backwards compatibility. Uh, didn't have disc compatibility, um, discs. So you know, the people who bought um discs couldn't use them. Right, you could only use the stuff on the store. Um, And it it was produced only up until about 2019. Um, That Sony hasn't done anything with handhelds since then is a bit troubling because, uh, you know, they may no longer see it as a lucrative business, right? I mean, Sony's been having other issues with their consumer electronics, you know, business in general, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, You know, the other major game brands have become strictly developers. Uh, Sega no longer makes anything, right? Right. Uh, and Atari has also gone through so many changes as a company that I don't even know who owns them anymore, right? You know, I think they got sold out to like Hasbro in like about 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and then they've gone through a couple of different mergers, acquisitions and stuff. So they're basically just a a licensed name property along with their, you know, their copyrights and things like that. Um, they had a portable, uh, back in the early nineties called the Lynx. Which uh, has a cult following now. You know, you can get them on eBay. They they make they get good money for them in their games. I actually had one of those. Um, had a really lot of innovative things about it, including being the first with the color LCD display. Um, it beat the original Game Boy to that, uh, which came out two months before in the summer of 1989. Um, you know, Atari. I've always loved them as a as a as the culture of that company and the games that they've produced and their properties. But you know that they, that's a company that's gone on, on hard times. Um, Apple does have some really good games on iOS. Um, Yeah, they do. Really good games. I think that Apple Arcade uh, is a great value add to their services portfolio, especially if you have, you know, Apple One. But, uh, you know, the cost of entry to an iPhone is expensive now if you pick up something even like an SE. Um, Do you really want to give your kid a full-blown smartphone? Uh, You know, before they reach an age where they truly need one, right? You know, do you want to give, do you really want to give them? I mean, what do they give smartphones? How young do they go now? I mean, uh, like like realistically 12, 13, or like, do they give them to kids earlier now? I don't even know.
0: Uh, 10 years old, I would say, you know, my kids, I have some in elementary and middle school, and I would say third grade, some kids start showing up at school with phones. It It really depends on the family dynamics.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, an iPhone is an expensive thing to get to a 10-year-old. Because uh, sure they don't know is. how to take care, they don't know how to take care of them. I mean, you have to shove it in an honor box, but even still, we're talking pretty expensive. Uh, you know, the iPod used to be a good solution for two hundred dollars, but Apple has not shown us anything um, or any indication that they're going to produce a new version of the Touch. No leaks, yeah. nothing um, in this regard. You know, so I, so I don't know. And, and, and Microsoft, of course, has gone the streaming route uh, to run on other platforms. Which I think is interesting. They haven't attempted to go with an an, an Xbox portable or anything like that, you know.
0: Yeah, so speaking of Microsoft, I think, um, actually, I know, I, I have an Xbox, I have some gaming PCs, and so I subscribe to Microsoft's Game Pass, which is a $15 per month fee, which allows you to play games online. But in addition to that, it's like their Xbox Live service, but on steroids. In addition to that, you get access to... I Don't know a thousand games you can download and play without paying anything extra, it's a ton. You even get access to EA's catalog of games, um, and now it's not on launch day for most instances. Some games are, some games aren't. You, ha- you may have to wait a month or two
1: mm-hmm. post
0: launch in, in order to get access to it, but I mean, I haven't bought a game since I joined Game Pass because there's so much for me to play and do, and now why this is important is they're making a mobile play here as well in that they have a cloud gaming app for Android. Apple will not allow Xbox to release a cloud gaming app on iOS because they want to re it is ridiculous. They want to review every game that is available within that service. And so what Microsoft has done, they took a few extra months to release it and it's currently in beta. They have released basically a cloud gaming app via Safari yeah. uh, for Apple devices. So you you install this web shortcut on your home screen. It looks like an app. It works like an app, but you're actually playing these games through Safari. Mm-hmm. And um, they re- recently updated the back end of it when they announced Apple device uh, compatibility was out of like basically alpha. There was a private beta, and then it went to a public beta. Uh, and so I've. Tried it on my iPhone. I have been using an Xbox One Series X controller with it uh, mm. and the new OtterBox battery that, attachment. That, that thing is cool, I have to admit. I really yeah, do think the, it's cool. it allows you to hot hot swap batteries once the recharge. Yeah. So it comes with two batteries. I think it's like 60 bucks. Comes with two batteries, the USB-C charging for the batteries, and there's a, a dock that comes with it. And you can hot swap these batteries. You only have like 30 seconds in between if you notice your controller's yeah. dying. It, it, but it man, it is slick. We took it on a few road trips with us recently and it came in extremely helpful. So I've been playing some of the cloud gaming games from Microsoft on my iPhone and a little bit on my iPad and I, you know, look, Apple already has a gaming device and all these devices. I don't think the iPod is the right thing for it because one, the screen is too small. They would need to make like an iPod Pro Max and two yeah. battery life is horrible. And the only reason I know that is because my kids have burned through iPod touches and literally had to have them tethered to by the end of the you know first year, had to have them tethered to an outlet in order to even play for longer than five minutes on it. I think an iPad mini may be a little bit. Smaller or a bigger iPod Touch might be the way to go here, uh, especially when you have services like Microsoft's Cloud Gaming.
1: So, you know, I, I definitely think Apple should release a Wi-Fi-only handheld unit. Now, I think there could be a market for a new touch, but it would be have to be priced aggressively uh, with the iPad Mini, which also has not been refreshed since 2019. So I guess we need to see what price point um, a refreshed iPad Mini comes in at if it happens, right? We we, we were expecting at the last, you know, iPad Pro, iPad, you know, refresh event. We didn't see a mini come out at that event. Um, the base level uh, 10.2 iPad is already selling pretty cheap at around. I just looked at the price. It's it's 300 bucks at Best Buy, and it frequently promotes for less. I mean, yeah. I think I got Rachel's for 230 dollars or something. You know, last holiday season that was like the Gen 7 or whatever it was. Um, but you know, the iPad is a is a perfectly good gaming device. Um, you know, I, I would like to see something with, you know, an Apple design controller, something that integrates better with their stuff than just, you know, what a Microsoft and 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 you know, PlayStation Sony. makes. Yeah. But, you know, um, you know, and I like to see them do that that same controller for the you know the Apple TV.
0: But Yeah, we've you know, talked we- about that before. I they definitely need to do something with the controller, but at the same time, why invest in the research and development when you have Sony and Microsoft with years of experience? and all you have to do is a software implementation and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, I mean it does work fairly well. I mean, I I bought the Xbox uh the latest Xbox controller, uh, yeah. the latest generation one with USB-C and all that and uh yeah. you know, I had I had to do a firmware update on it cuz it was older stock, but once I did that, it works perfectly. With pretty much all yeah. the now, now not all these games that run on Apple TV on 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 Apple Arcade are configured correctly to use wireless controllers and stuff you know they're that's not mapped. they're not all mapped correctly with the buttons and all that kind of stuff um but um you know a lot of them do work well you know so i mean it's so maybe i guess that's the, the the path going forward for apple gaming is you know get these shells that you know like otterbox makes i'm sure all their companies will be making them and uh you're good to go you know i guess it's a bit of a letdown though i mean i I love the little dedicated handheld, play, you know, gaming units. You know, I think that, you know, if you can disconnect yourself from your notifications and all this other stuff going on in, on your 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 mobile devices and just sit down with a game that's ergonomically designed correctly for a gaming experience, right. um, you know, and uh, I, I think there's some value, especially these things aren't ridiculously expensive. See, the one thing I did like about the, the Nintendo Lite Is that's only 200 bucks. Now I've I've seen some reviews of people who say that, well, you really should just spend the extra hundred dollars and get the regular one because otherwise you can't play it on a TV and whatever. But I think, I think a $200 price point for a dedicated device, um, is, is about where I think most people would like to spend, um, in my opinion, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, the switch I'm,
0: lineup is great. Uh, you know, you have one ninety nine for the Nintendo Switch Lite, two ninety nine for the regular Nintendo Switch. Now, this Nintendo Switch OLED will go on sale, I think October eighth or eighteenth. Yeah. I don't remember. It's one of those two dates, and it's three forty nine. So it's a fifty dollar upgrade for a little bit yeah. better display, new display technology, and you know, I think they're all reasonably priced for what they offer. And uh, but I don't know if you had let's say the switch revamp that had to double the battery life and the new processor, which is the same one that's in the OLED. If I would say, go out, trade yours in and pay the difference to get the OLED. But if you had the original switch, like I do, I'm kind of torn whether or not it'd be worth upgrading. Not only do you get that better battery life, but you get a few other improvements as well, even though they're not the improvements we were hoping for, or at no. least I was hoping for. I was ready. When I saw the tweet, when I saw Nintendo's tweet that the you know there was an OLED Switch, I was ready to pay whatever it was for it because there is something that's very attractive about a portable gaming device, and you hit the nail on the head, Perloh, you don't have to worry about other notifications interrupting you. And that's the problem with playing games on an iPhone or iPad or right. any other connected device that has your email and your text messaging and all that junk that we have on our phones or tablets is it's very easy to get distracted and taken out of the moment. Whereas when you're playing on a switch or even like the, we meant you mentioned the Sony PlayStation portable earlier, the PSP, I used that thing until it died. And yeah. I absolutely loved it. I played Grand Theft Auto. I think it was San Andreas maybe or whatever it yeah. was and a ton of other games. But I spent countless hours playing uh, Grand Theft Auto on it. The Nintendo Switch that I have and actually I took out yesterday after the announcement and I ended up gaming for a few hours yesterday on it. Uh, you know, I've spent, I don't know if, I, if you totaled up my playtime, probably 2,000 hours playing on it wow. in a mixture of portable, portable and docked and you know i've taken it around the world with me there there's something to be said about being able to zone out on your tv or in portable mode and just game and enjoy what you're doing and and you know take a break from reality so to speak and, and just kind of have fun you know and enjoy the hobby of gaming
1: i almost uh, feel like uh, you know with these with an ios 15 and i don't know if, if um, android uh 12 has an equivalent mode but in, with the new um uh, the profiles for notification profiles uh, in iOS, I forget what they called it, but the, there's got to be a mode where, you, the, where the focus, there has, should be a focus, preset, focus mode, gaming, leave me the hell alone mode, right? Which turns all that stuff off or, or, yeah. or when you've, you've Bluetooth a controller to it, it automatically goes to that mode or something.
0: Um, you can that. configure something like that, but you have to jump into the shortcuts app um, with, and then have it set up a focus mode for you once you do. So it'll take a little bit of work. It's not something that Apple has built in directly into iOS 15, which is currently in public beta, uh, but... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can create something like that. that game focus. Know. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, that would be a cool article to write for. If is a cute little thing, but um, yeah, but it's, it's interesting that so like you know the future. We should probably just talk about you know what does this look like going forward, if if Nintendo is the only game in town with with dedicated handhelds, right? Uh, other than you know these weird you know ones that you see being released that look like you know they're they've been. They're PC gaming decks that have been reduced to, like, handheld size and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff that, that we have seen out there. Um, you know, and, like, retro gaming, miniature retro gaming consoles and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's
0: a lot of Raspberry Pi, you know, that use the ROMs for Nintendo and NES and, and all that. So, yeah, you know, a lot of Raspberry Pi DIY things, but we're talking official yeah. gaming devices with new AAA headlining games on them.
1: Yeah, I think the the future, I mean, it looks like, you know, streaming is going to be the next major frontier. But the only problem with that is you have to have good bandwidth. Um, You know, you're pretty much stuck in your house where you can control the bandwidth. And I don't know how much bandwidth you need to do an effective game stream, whether you need, you know, 100 meg plus for this to work, right? Um, I don't think so.
0: I think it's, well, it depends on what's going on on your network, right? But I think it's 25 meg connection is what they recommend
1: Okay. So, you know, we're just looking at, you know, Xbox and 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 I don't know how successful, you know, Google's services with this uh Stadia. Um, but uh, you know, it, you, used, you you need 25 meg, you know, obviously, and I don't know how much of that can be used up for other stuff while you're doing right. this. You know, uh, in a, in, a, in a busy household so with a couple of kids and mom and dad wants to watch their movie in the bedroom while the kids game or something. I I, I don't I don't know how good that has to be, but even still you know, you want to go out and go places, right? So, so until until we start seeing five G mm wave all over the damn place, you know, <laughs> right. um, which good luck. You know, and, and we, you know, we, you know, ha- you know, I don't see us. The, the, I don't see streaming being, you know, the primary route of of handheld gaming. You know, so right, the, no. so so I the
0: infrastructure's I think, not there.
1: So I, I think that, you know, it's – yeah, we're either Nintendo or we're, or, we're, or we're, you know, Apple or we're, or we're whatever, you know. I, I don't know how strong the Android gaming market is relative to to iOS, to be perfect, perfectly blunt. I don't know how strong the games are, um, you know. but there's, uh, mean,
0: there's quite a few. I I mean, look, they still have Fortnite available on Android. You know, you have to sideload it, which is Epic's big issue yeah. with Apple, of course, you know. And so, they I mean – Look, there's a lot of dedicated Android gamers as well. Uh, Google has something similar to Arcade, but not because the, they're not curating the games. But you know, you could go in, in Google Games. I don't remember exactly what they call it through the Play Store. Uh, there's a lot of games in there as well. Yeah, but, I
1: think side load, you know side is going to be interesting. I mean, I know you and I have had arguments about whether it's good or whether what is the benefit or downside to it. Would if Apple were forced. Via antitrust to yeah. permit sideloading, what implications that would have? Now I know there would be huge security implications, right? We, we'd have to worry about that stuff. But on the good, on the positive side, we would be able to see one real browser engines other than Safari ported to iOS, uh, and we might be able to see, you know, uh, you know, Sony or, or or Microsoft run a run a game run game stores, you know. For, yeah. for for streaming or or for or for or for sideloading uh, of titles. Um, so I mean that might be a benefit. of who knows, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, you know, like you said, we've had this argument before. I am against opening up iOS and sideloading, but sure. I I am for Apple um, loosening some of their restrictions. I think cloud gaming is one of those areas where the restrictions should be loosened. They don't they don't um review every single movie or show that's put no. out on Netflix or Amazon Prime why should they have to review every video game that that Microsoft is releasing through cloud gaming and and keep in mind it's not the same catalog that Game Pass has you know the, there's two different game catalogs here that are at play and and not everything is available to play through cloud gaming but it's still you know 40 or 50 games and at right now and so why not just let Microsoft publish it? I I, I don't want sideloading on iOS. I think it opens up too many rabbit holes and it's just a can of worms that is hard to go back it, from if, it's it, just, if it happens.
1: It's just another viewer, just in the same way that Kindle is a viewer. And like, you know, there's probably Bingo. hundreds of thousands of, of, of titles on Amazon's Kindle store that are not child appropriate, you know? Yep. Uh, and, you know, uh, and then Netflix, as you just said, uh, and Netflix and Amazon, uh, you know, prime movies, lots of titles that children should not be watching.
0: Exactly, right? but exactly.
1: you know, you, the, the the parent is the one that has to decide how to control access to those. You know, that's why there are multiple profiles on those things. You exactly. know, and you can and you can lock certain things down. So, I mean, that that should be up to the parent to, to be to be to be to act
0: like parents. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, so let's let's end here, Perlo. Are you gonna? Get a new the new Switch the Switch OLED or what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What's your future plan for portable gaming? At least let's uh, say over the uh, next eighteen months.
1: Yeah, you know what? I want to see first. I, I think I'm going to p- start playing a little bit more with with the iPhone and the Box setup because um, I haven't set up the phone the really the phone with that yet. I mostly d- have been dealing with it you know, with the with the Apple TV, um, you know, and and probably play more with my iPad Pro. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, have to look, I'll have to look into, uh, you know, pairing the, the you know, the, the controller with it and, or seeing if there's a, a smaller, you know, connectable controller I can I can, I can can get with it. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I think that I would like to see more competition in the space. I just don't know where it's going to come from. You know, that's, yeah, that's, I that's, think
0: Apple is probably the best bet for where it's going to come from, but I don't see them, like we said, Creating a dedicated gaming thing. They're going to force gaming on their existing devices or upgraded devices in the future. There is a small handheld gaming, it's from a, a startup called Playdate. Have you seen this thing? It's, no, it's what $179. Is it? It's a little, it looks retro, like it's just has a, a D-pad, an A and a B button, but on the side of it is a hand crank. And that's one one of the mechanisms you use to actually play games. And so it's a black and white, looks like an E dot screen, um, E ink screen. And so if you go to play.date, they're taking pre-orders starting this month, actually. Uh, It's $179. They have seasons of games and there's multiple games that you can, or it looks like uh, 12 weeks worth of games they release. And they have a whole lineup of, of these fun, quirky looking games. I don't see this being a huge player. I see it being more of a niche thing, but at least someone is out there trying something, trying to compete. Who knows? Maybe it'll take off and sell like crazy. And then, you know, a couple of years from now, we'll have the Playdate 2 with a color display and a bigger crank on the side or whatever it is. But I think right now we are, like you said, stuck with Nintendo. We're stuck with Apple Arcade and really any of the cloud services that you can get to for better or worse. Because... Cloud gaming was good from on Microsoft, you know, and, and using it on my iPhone or iPad, but it's not perfect. There are still some glitches that are still some, yeah. be, some issues there. And so it needs to be worked out. That's why it's in beta. Uh, but at, at first yesterday, after I saw the specs, I said, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to touch it. My switch is fine. But then I remembered that there was, you know, an upgraded switch model with better battery life and that it actually would be a slight upgrade for me as far as performance goes. And so I think when pre-orders go live, I'll probably place one. Whether or not I end up keeping it, I don't know. Uh, my original plan was to take my Nintendo, or I'm sorry, my iPad Pro around with an Xbox controller. But the portability of the no, over... It,
1: yeah, I mean, at, the, at that 13.9, you know, is it, 12.9, that's a huge device. You right. know, it's hardly portable. Unless, unless you are taking it around with you all the time to do work and stuff and you just want to, you know go to the coffee shop and zone out for, for, for 10 minutes and pull out the controller, I guess. Yeah, right. But, you know, it's not the same thing. If you're on an aircraft, it's it sounds a little clunky to do things that way, maybe. You <laughs> yeah. Know.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's 100% clunky. And so I think that's where the switch fills in that void and that role. So like I said, I think uh, whenever pre-orders open, I know they haven't opened yet here in the U.S. I saw some U.K. sites last night started accepting them. Um, I'll probably place the order, trade in my current switch and and see what happens. But yeah, I I really wish someone else, Sony, Microsoft would jump into this portable gaming foray, you know, head first instead of relying on the streaming stuff because we do need stuff that is available offline to what you just said on an airplane. You're not going to stream any games on an airplane. You're going to wish you had something local to play and you can't do that with cloud gaming on, you know, your iPhone or iPad or any other device for that matter. Yep. Any I closing agreed. thoughts, Perlo? No. Uh, it, it's
1: kind of depressing that we're you know you can see the future is streaming um, you know and it's not like you know the infrastructure is there everywhere to do this um, and there's no other hardware providers that are that are looking to jump into this space anytime soon. So uh, yeah, I mean I guess unfortunately Nintendo is it until until you know a miracle happens in this industry I guess or something or something major changes. That we're not aware of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunate, but that is what it is. All right, so if you're listening to this show and you have some thoughts on Nintendo or portable gaming, please reach out to Jason or I on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Sippy Perlow. What's your Twitter handle? J Perlow. You can find Jason Perlow at J Perlo. Thanks for listening to Jason Squared. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. You can find more of our work at zdnet.com.